Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our Schillering Hub podcast, Talking Hospitality. My name is Mauricio Schiller, your, your host, and today I'm honored to welcome one of the top 50 influencers of social media for hospitality and the general manager for the Fellfield Inn by Marriott in Eugene, Oregon, Dylan Bimon. Sorry, I always get the names wrong, so I'll repeat that. <laughs> Dylan Bimon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mauricio. I appreciate you. Dylan, you've been amazing um, on LinkedIn. You share amazing things. And I want to start asking what is a routine day for a general manager? Yeah, I, when I start my day off, my first goal is I want to get here while most of the staff is here. So if I can meet with breakfast, meet with housekeeping, meet with engineering in my front desk, I really want to have my one-on-ones and set the day off as much as I can with each department. If I run late on a day and I miss seeing a department, it's a little bit of a bummer for me because I do want to touch base and be reliable to each of the different departments that um, work for me. I don't want them to all feel like, okay, I never see that general manager. My goal has always been to be the general manager that will actually see you. Um, you hear auditors often say, I haven't seen the general manager ever, or I haven't met the general manager. I've heard that from my auditors. So for me, if I can come in on my time off and spend time with my night auditor and work with them, that's a pleasure for me. But I want to see, I want to see every department if I can. So the start of my day is usually let's carve out a little bit of time with everybody together if we can, or if they're busy individually. And let's set the task for the day. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll also build checklists based on what they say. Because then I want to hold them accountable at the end of the day with that checklist they've given me or we've mutually agreed upon and say, hey, how many of these did you hit today? Uh, I once had a general manager who was, uh, or director of operations, who had told my engineer, he said, Dylan's very different than me when you work for him. He's going to have checklists and make sure you fulfill all those obligations. And I'm glad that engineer enjoyed that and appreciated that approach because I definitely do. I love my <laughs> checklists. That's awesome. That's awesome. Checklists are important indeed. <laughs> I remember my time up in the kitchen and the best kitchen I ever worked was the one that I had a checklist from six in the morning to, to 10 in the evening. And I have a checklist was the easiest one to work for, actually. And Dylan, tell me one thing. How long ago have you started your career and um, why did you start it? Uh, it started 23 years ago. Um, I had worked in industrial robotics before as an assistant office manager, and it was, but that was within um, a family type of environment. So uh, I ended up leaving that environment, which it was a job by fortune, by good luck. And uh, walking in when I was uh, looking for my next job, I just walked into a hotel and applied. <laughs> and it really wasn't like I was pursuing hospitality. The question you hear often people ask is, did you choose hospitality or did hospitality choose you? You could say it was kind of neither. I just, I kind of went in and took, treated it as a job, which became a career and a passion. That's quite nice story. So what values do you think that kept you working in hospitality for this 23 years then? I'm, I'm happy to work with people. Like when someone's across from me, I'm, I want to work with them and make sure it's a good experience. And very rarely is it going to be a bad interaction because if I don't have a reason to, 
I'm not going to bring any negativity to that experience. And if they're having a rough day, I know it's not towards me. I know that they've not met me previously. So usually you can look at your de-escalation techniques and see how you can work with that guest across from you. And at the at the bare minimum, if you're trying and, and they see that you're trying, they're going to walk away and it'll be a standard interaction. But in most cases, that guest might come around with the next worker or they might come around before the end of their stay and they'll identify or sometimes in a rare occasion, they even apologize. And they don't even need to, you know, nobody's sitting here holding it against you if you have a long day or a bad day. Like for us, when we're in service, we're, we're trying to, to make this a good experience for them, regardless of how hard their drive was, how loud it was, how many times they ran out of gas, well, how many flight delays they had, how many often times do we hear that, you know? Yeah. So for us, it, it's just about, you know, bringing them back to square one and having a good check-in and good memorable interaction if possible. Hospitality is a way to change how people feel, right? It's amazing. For sure. Beautiful. Uh, and was hospitality very different back then when you started? Yeah. Oh, hospitality changed so much in the time that since I started. Um, bosses were rougher. People didn't have a sensitivity for you having an emotional day or a stressful day or being depressed. Thankfully, now we, we identify that we all have the right to those emotions. But also, we, we weren't really, I don't feel we were paying as much attention or had the opportunity to. If you think about it, when I started in hospitality, the phone rang constantly because the questions weren't answered as easily. Yes. So technology has allowed us to have answers very quickly, very smoothly through the, the phone in the palm of your hand. So mobile search has exponentially changed what we do. And it's also allowed us to have more time with our guests. I remember when I worked in California, starting in hospitality, there were weekends that were sold out that it was a phone call after phone call after phone call with a line in the lobby. And the phone would ring three rings for every ring. So it would never stop ringing. <laughs> and you can never get caught up. So well, there are some definite blessings that we see now with technology and also in the avenues that we can utilize to interact with guests. So what I see now is more opportunity for us to actually relate to our guests, whether that's email or chat or text, um, or it's just they can get a hold of the answers they need through our website or through a chat bot. Um, that's all relative now. Whereas when I started, it was a phone call. It was really a phone call or walk in and ask questions. Um, and that would just created so much more of a, a bog of persons. And it, it, it just seemed an immobile lobby, <laughs> whereas you didn't have the opportunity to spend time with each person. Instead, you were, you were more focused on how do I clear my lobby of these people? And that's not your, how you think about service when you're thinking like that. Beautiful to know a general manager actually using the technology for the right purpose of freeing up time and talk to people and making that connection with the guests. A lot of the technology being said in the bottom line always is always about the bottom line. But here's a great example of using technology for the right reasons, right? For sure. And what is the most challenging 
uh, aspect about the career police? When it's a operations, when you're in charge, uh, you have a lot of thought that goes into um, being reliable to the people who are beholden to you and that you're beholden to them. And you want to make sure you're reliable. I, I had said um, when I was writing to you earlier, I had mentioned managers on duty when I first started, they never wanted to take the calls from the workers. They never wanted to give up their weekends or the evenings. I never want to be that person ever. I wanted my workers to know they could reach me if they need an answer. Uh, they could text me at any hour. There's no wrong questions. Um, there's sometimes I'm like, wow, I've trained you on that. I wish you would remember that. But it certainly isn't that I'm mad at anybody or going to lecture anybody. I'm going to be there to give them the answer. But I see that it, it, didn't, it wasn't always that way in hospitality. I remember a lot of managers were so forceful and iron-handed about their free time. And so for me, I try and I struggle at times on how do I keep this balance between my personal life and also being available to every one of my workers. So I always look at it this way. If I have my strongest crew on certain days and certain times, that's really when I should focus my scheduled activities away from work because you, those are the ones who've been with me for years, right? If I have a newer worker, that's why I need to spend more time on property and more time available to them because I want to be more available in case they have any questions on site if possible and not, not taking that time away from the property because that's the worker who's going to most likely need me. The ones who have are very, very seasoned, know how to work with me, I text message and wherever I am, I could say, okay, send me a screenshot. I'll look at the screenshot, I'll give them an answer. And then we're, we, everything continues onward. Nothing is stalled out. But if that worker is less experienced, I need to be focusing my on-property time more so then. That's pure leadership, right? <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's uh, a great example of work-life balance is a challenge, I think, in every it career. Um, it, it really is. And, and I will I'll always be honest about the fact that operations, you're always trying to find that proper rhythm. Yeah. Um, there's And there's also times that the intangibles happen. You could have a fire alarm go off. You could have a sprinkler bust and have a flood in your parking lot. All those things can happen. And if you're in charge, well, no matter what type of balance you were looking for, you're going in. Now, that's that's when you answer your phone and show up and you make sure that worker isn't stressed and trying to, to captain a sinking ship. Like, that's your job. My job's to captain the sinking ship not yours. I can imagine now people listening to uh, this podcast and having two types of uh, general managers thinking. One thinking, this guy's crazy. That's, I will never do that in my life. <laughs> and the one saying, wow, that's inspiring. And uh, how can I build this A-team that will allow me to free up a little bit of my time? So in your opinion, how can you build this great team? What type of leadership um, it's you use to build these strong teams? All the things that you've learned in your career, if you've learned uh, shortcuts and strategy, and you've learned tactics and, and you see these things as the gems of your knowledge, don't, don't retire with them. Don't act like that belongs to just you. And I've had workers even tell me, Dylan, I really don't want to train somebody because then what, what, what does that become of me? I'm like, you're a better worker then. If you make somebody a better worker, you can delegate to that person those tasks that hold you back. 
do you, I mean, if you don't like checking the, the chemical levels in the pool several times a day, can you train the housemen to do it? You know, what can we do to cross train and share knowledge that will better another worker, but also liberate you at the same time? So many workers have came to me in the past and in a sheer sense of competitive nature, they don't want to share those gems of their knowledge. You, you, what happens if you retire with them? Who, who benefited? Nobody. So I think it's, it's in our best interest. If you've learned something, you should share it. And then if you see an, an entrepreneurial worker that is putting efforts and strides forward and you notice that progress in them and they want you to notice that progress in them, teach them the whys behind the job. Teach them why something functions the way it does. Teach them why we do a certain authorization the way we do or why we do a group resume the way we do. Teach them that managerial level of knowledge or supervisory level of knowledge because at the worst case scenario, you're bettering that person for their future. And in the best case scenario, you might be building somebody who can take a future rung in your company's ladder and better your entire company. But it's nothing's going to nothing's going to happen positive if you retire with that knowledge. So in our in our our best motivation should be how do I share these things I've learned? How do I encapsulate it in a way that benefits that worker that's currently learning? And if you see a worker who's trying and striving, you should reward them by giving them more knowledge. This is beautiful. This is a great example. And we are talking about leadership and sharing uh, in the workplace. But I got to know you. Uh, big shout to Paula Cajeron that point me in your way. Someone that when I asked her, uh, do you know any hotelier that I should be following and, and trying to talk to? And she pointed you straight away. Yeah? So uh, thank you for that. Thank you, Paula. Uh, oh, I think Paula is wonderful. And I'm proud of her because you, are, you also, we are seeing in real time somebody who went from being uh, the face of a company to what may be the face of another company and, and the rise of her career. Like, I feel it's just so exciting to see somebody on an international stage be the face of companies like to be the representative of companies and i'm immensely proud of her yeah being a brazilian i'm immensely proud of her as well because it raises that voice of our country as well but the thing is that um, you share so much on LinkedIn and you share funny stuff, you share curiosities about the past uh, and you share, you praise your people as well on LinkedIn. How do you use LinkedIn for your leadership with your team? Do you invite your team to join LinkedIn as well? How, how is that relationship? <laughs> That's such a wonderful question. I try to lure them to LinkedIn every chance I get. Yeah. Now, some some are interested. Some just think it's old person Facebook. <laughs> I, I definitely am, am, am sitting there trying to, to uh, be behind the tug of war on my side, trying to roll, reel them over. Um, it, I, I've got a few. <laughs> um, but more so, even if they don't, what most commonly happens during our work week is I'll see something and I'll turn my screen and invite them in my office to share with them just because I, I want them to see this thing I experienced and I want them to experience it. They don't have to sign up if they, but I do want to share that thing. Sometimes you learn something about like the history of a business or you learn about the motivation of a boss um, and, and it really hits home. 
I remember I was watching an interview with Arnie Sorensen, a former uh, president of Marriott who's passed away from cancer. Um, and Arnie had said in an interview that he makes sure that when he's telling stories about the boardroom at Marriott, he's not just telling the stories about the blue chip upper graduates from the top universities. He's also speaking about the person who worked their way up and worked every position along the Marriott ladder to get to where they are today. He said, because that person has just as much value as that blue chip graduate who had the, you know, half a million dollar education. And I really love that because he, what he was essentially saying is Marriott, the boardroom isn't isolated to just those who have. You could dream and you could become and you could be there just like anybody else. And your matter and your worth is the same as theirs. And I thought that was so fantastic. Stuff like that. If I see that, I want my workers to hear it too because it has substance. And I might watch 300 you know, hours of video cast or podcast and there might be that 30 seconds. And so if I went through that and I've heard some droney lectures and nothing was substantial, but that 30 seconds and you hear it and you know when you hear it. Once it starts, sometimes I'm like, it, there it is. I write the time down. I'm like, I'm clipping that. I'm sharing that. Because sometimes, I swear, the minute you hear them start talking, you're like, that's a moment. I've been influenced by some of your uh, short videos there uh, when you speak about the hospitality, when it's not you, but the, the people that you are learning from are speaking about hospitality. And you always share that uh, short videos, 30 seconds, one minute. Yeah. And it's really inspiring. And I'm, I'm glad that you call people to your office just to watch that. And yeah, just absolutely. Just like I said earlier is you can't steal these gems of knowledge just for yourself. Like if you come across something and you know it hits you and it created an emotional response, don't just keep it to yourself. You should really share it. And to me, that might be humor too. It, it could be a quote from a book. It could be humor. My workers are proficient at, oh, hey, can you come take a picture of this page for me? They know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> they, they, this is my life uh, is very humorous to them at times too. There'll be a package in the mail and I'll say, what is it? They'll say a book. I'm like, what kind of book? They're like, hospitality, Dylan. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, now, who who are the leaders you look up to? Who are the people that inspire you? Yeah, um, definitely Arnie Sorensen, um, the former president of Marriott. Uh, definitely influential. Um, and, and then it could it could be really honestly be any anybody. But um, and I don't want to shortchange anybody at the same time because I'm in touch with so many people who are impactful. Um, I enjoy, I talk to Russell Edmonds many times throughout the week. Uh, he has a show on air with Russell of Hotels. It's on Tuesdays at one o'clock Pacific time. And sometimes my most fun is just the banter of going on Instagram live with him. And we, we talk about our industry and that isn't it. There we're, we're not necessarily sharing incredible uh, quotes or uh, incredible humor. Sometimes it's just nice to talk your industry, just like we are now. It's, it's, it's just nice to hear people who've been boots on the ground. They've experienced it. It just feels good. Like when I started to talk to hoteliers, to talk to the industry people, and I decided to 
great podcast because we felt I was talking to uh, Juliana Han. She's a copywriter uh, based here in Europe, and it was such a great chat. And I spoke to my team and like, "Why are we having this chat? Not nobody else is having this chat. So let's talk to people and record because I we need to share this. Like, there's so much, there's so much inspiration for everybody, and we don't." Oh, the industry. We don't know anything because the industry is always changing. So let's just start that conversation and inspire people to think about how we can do better in our own little bubble, and that can uh, influence the bubbles around. Right. I want to say one thing. Uh, somebody who really impacts me in a subtle way every single week, Robin Coleman. Robin Coleman works for Carver Companies in Atlanta, Georgia. She's a task force manager. They'll go in and help out housekeeping teams or help out operations teams. But every week she's taking pictures with her staff and video with their staff. And she, she says, it's Saturday. You know the checkouts are high today. You know it's going to be a hard turnaround. Let's go rock stars. <laughs> let's, let's be rock stars today. And I just, and she has a sincere enthusiasm that's absolutely engaging. And you watch somebody like this that's just got a fire, an absolute fire. And I just think she is the sweetest woman, but I also love the fact that she brings those workers in her videos and pictures. And she'll she'll pull these housemen aside or these housekeepers aside and say, look at these rock stars. I'm like, look at those rock stars. Exactly. I feel the same way. Like you'll never meet somebody more proud of their housemen. My houseman Roan, um, my my houseman Martin, my engineer Roan, uh, my team, you know, I feel that. I feel that sincerely because what they do and like I, I love meeting with my staff and setting those things to do. And when they do it, when they accomplish it, they are a rock star to me. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you get praise or you get an award, it, it, to me, so much of that, such an, an incredible amount of that is because my team functions the way they do. I get run late on a given day and send some text messages in and it's all taken care of. And it takes a while to get there, but once you get there and once you start working like a, a fine oiled machine, uh, it's a really nice place to be. And it's the, that teamwork that allows for that. And so for all those, all those team members I have that allow me to live uh, successfully as in my professional career, I'm so in debt to them. And so when weekly, when I see Robin Coleman feature her workers, it's, I love it. I absolutely love it. Cause I, I just, it's so real to me, you know? Awesome. That's awesome. I'll, I'll make sure that I, I find Robin and try to follow uh, her and get some inspiration as well. Hopefully I can speak to her here as well. Robin Robin Coleman for Car from Carver Companies in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm telling you, you're gonna have a good time. You, <laughs> you, sometimes you you play it and you're just like this. I've seen times she's just dancing with her workers. And I'm like, I love that. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you know, what what's your most proud of in your career so far? Um, just being where I am today. Um, not having as much of of the burdens and stress and. I, when I came up in hospitality, so much was different than it is today. I love having the support of my organization and my workers. Um, I, I'm proud to be where I am currently. Uh, it took a long career to get here. You know, I've, I had uh, worked in luxury hospitality as a manager and the, re the recession hit in uh, 2008. 
And I remember traveling on my last paycheck all across the Western United States to all these people who said, if you're ever unemployed, call me. I, I would be honored to employ you. And every one of them, they said, oh, can't do it because of the recession. <laughs> and so when I worked my way back up to, to running a hotel again, it, it was a really proud feeling for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And to close, I want to hear a very memorable story that okay. you in your career. Please. So at that job, that was Dolphin Bay Resort and Spa in Shell Beach, California. I had a, a night where it was absolutely storming and I was alone. I was covering an all night shift. And this is a type of resort that had the giant glass walls on each side of the lobby. So when it's storming, you're not, you're seeing everything. You're seeing the lightning, you're seeing the, the hail, and you're right there watching it through the window. And uh, this was, this uh, resort was right on the Pacific Ocean. So the torments of, of the weather had nowhere to go, but right to the resort. So I was working alone and my last arrival had yet to arrive. And I got a call in the middle of the night and that last arrival uh, was stranded, his vehicle disabled. It was a couple miles away. I thought, okay, what do I do? I'm alone here. I, I have no one to watch the resort. It was dark and bleak and <laughs> storming. So I, I locked up the building and you, oh you really don't want to do that ideally, but it was just me and I'm making a decision on behalf of the business. Yeah. So I locked it up. I took our, our company SUV to where his van was disabled. And I'm in dress clothes. I'm in you know suit jacket, tie, white shirt, dress shoes. And here I am coming across this, across this disabled van in the middle of the road. There is mud and rain and hail. It was a mess. I, I go knock on the driver's window and let him know, hey, I'm here for you. I'm from the resort. Uh, he's like, okay, great. Let's see if we can push this out of the way. So we push this van in this terrible weather and we are a mess in the mud. <laughs> and we get this van into the nearest parking lot and we get, we, we, we didn't even park it properly. It was parked at about 45 degree angle. I'm like, that's going to have to do. Then I called that business on the spot, left a voicemail and said, this vehicle, do not tow it. Like I did this, here's my name. <laughs> We got in the SUV afterward, locked this van up, and we are a mess. I'm seeing my white dress shirt was like a penguin. It was stained <laughs> black and white all the way down. My dress shoes were an absolute mess, caked in mud. So we take this drive back to the resort, and this, this uh, last arrival worked for a country radio station in Central California, uh, several hours away. He just had his bag of belongings. He also was in dress clothes and he looked like he had the longest day of his life. Uh, we, we just introduced ourselves, didn't have much of a, a deep conversation because he looked like he had been completely spent. So I get him back to the resort. He gets and grabs some snacks from the lobby. And I said, it's on me, please. You know, go ahead and get a good night's sleep. Give me your keys. I'll take care of getting the vehicle towed here. Don't worry about a thing, I've got you. And he just looked back at me and I handed him his room keys and he said, I'm, I just don't know what to say. And I said, just get a good night's sleep. Don't worry about it. I said, don't worry about this at all. And I wasn't gonna mention it to my uh, ownership or executives because 
I left the resort. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. Yes. So uh, after after I sat there cleaning the floor from the mud I brought in, <laughs> after I changed my clothes, I get the next shift situated and I go home and get some sleep. I didn't know that that gentleman was to do a live radio remote from one wow. of our conferences the next, next day. He was a, a radio DJ and he was going to do a promotional event from one of our penthouses. So I went to sleep, knew nothing about this radio event going on. And I woke up and I had tons of missed calls, just tons of missed calls. Because that DJ then told the story the next day on the air, wow. mentioning me by name. And the owners and executives of the resort were just bowled over. They were shocked. And then, little to my knowledge at the time, callers called into that radio station the next hour making job offers for me when I wasn't I wasn't even awake. So later on, I heard about it, and uh, the owners and the management were very, very proud of me, very congratulatory. Uh, but the sad thing is, and I always lament this, I never heard those job offers. They, they went to my management and my ownership instead of to me, and I'm sure they got put away in a wastebasket somewhere sadly. <laughs> but that's, that's, you know, that that had this stuff happens in the hospitality, that stuff you have to do in the middle of the night, it's it's a decision time. It's it's when you're on the spot and you have to make your best judgment call. And uh, I remember there's, a, there's a, a quote that I saw um, from James Ferguson who said, um, that we practice these things and we train these things so the day that in the time that comes we're ready to go so when we so often in our careers when we're talking about training and we're studying and we're reading it is also for that time when it's that knowledge is called upon on the spot the best decision you're going to make you know people dylan Bimon. What an amazing person. What an amazing inspiration. This story was just fantastic. And, and <laughs> it shows who you are as a person as well. Someone worried about the human being waiting. It's not about the business, everything. It's about that human being in that storm. And this is really inspiring. Dylan, how can people get in touch with you? You could definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me um um, just looking at Dylan Beaumont, um, the, I'm the general manager of the Fairfield by Marriott in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram at Beaumont in Oregon is my Instagram uh, name. I'm not on Instagram as active as I am on LinkedIn. I really enjoy using LinkedIn for being social. So great to connect with me there. Um, and, and I'm also available if anybody ever needs just any, any bit of advice, any bit of uh uh, help that you need if you have a, a general question, happy to answer. It was an immense pleasure talking to you, Dylan. It was fantastic. For me, you are finished your day, so go have your rest, <laughs> chill. For me, it the, was the best way to start mine, yeah? like, starting with such an inspiration. So thank you very much for allowing me and our audience to listen to you and your stories. It was fantastic chat. Thank you. Well, thank much. you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate your support of my content and the, the stuff I put out there. And I look forward to sharing things with you in the future. And I, I like that your your focus is on also helping people on ways to learn and helping to inspire others. That's a, it's an honorable road. I love it. Thank you very much. Chillering. I'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs>